You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. I am thrilled to bring to you today one of my friends and colleagues, Dr. Debbie Silber, Debbie is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She's a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. Her newest book, Trust Again, it's a fantastic book, which I encourage you to check out. Debbie recently completed her PhD study on how we experience betrayal and how we can move through it to completely heal. She made three groundbreaking discoveries, which she's going to share with us today. She's been called the Brene Brown of betrayal, which I think is just fantastic. And she's been on Dr. Oz, CBS, Fox, and she's given two TED Talks. She's dedicated to to helping people move past their betrayals, as well as any other blocks that prevent them from their best health, work, relationships, confidence, and happiness that they want and deserve. Debbie, it was such an honor to be on your wonderful podcast from Betrayal to Breakthrough, and I'm so glad that you're with me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, and you were a, a wonderful guest, and I'm excited just to chat with you. Oh, it's it's fantastic, and you know that I serve mostly an audience of women who are seeking to reverse an autoimmune condition or two or more, mm-hmm. and what I love about the synergies of our work is that betrayal potentially in the form of childhood trauma or later in life, is a clear setup for autoimmune issues even decades later. And quite often, the first and quite often an emotional shock or pain like betrayal can be the very, very first setup for autoimmune symptoms to emerge. And that complete recovery from autoimmune issues requires addressing this emotional pain that many people just don't want to deal with. So can you start with your story? I love starting there and how you even got into this deep field of betrayal and now post-betrayal transformation. Absolutely. And and I, you know, I, I love what you said and it's so true because by the time something manifests physically, there's a lot going on mentally and emotionally. And what so many of us do is we don't look at the mental and emotional and we play this game of whack-a-mole where we see a symptom and we just try to tamp that down. And then something else shows up, we try to tamp that down. But at the very root of it is that unhealed issue, that unhealed symptom, you know, real issue that needs addressing. So, and we'll get to all of that. So let me share my story. Uh, It's, you know, you don't study something like betrayal unless you need to, unless you have to, it's not uh, like, Oh, I want to study betrayal. I had a, uh, a very painful uh, betrayal of my family. And I thought I learned all the lessons I needed to learn from that experience. Uh, The universe had other plans and, um, and I had a second betrayal and this time it was my husband Anybody who's experienced this shock, you know, you're blindsided, you never saw it coming. It's, uh, it, it was so devastatingly painful. Uh, so got him out of the house. And at the time I had four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. It's like, who had time for this, right? Wow. But got him out of the house. And I said, okay, well, I, I, I just need to figure this out. And it was interesting because maybe not what most people would do, but one of the first things I realized was, What's in, what's common to both of those betrayals? And I realized, you know, I never really took my own needs seriously. I wasn't even on my own to-do list. Mm. No, something has to change. And so one of the first things I did was enroll in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. I, I just was really desperate to understand why people do these things and how I can heal, how the mind works, all of that. So while I was there, um, he did his own healing on his own. And I was 
transforming. I didn't quite understand it. Clients were coming to me at the time. I was still seeing clients one-on-one. They're like, how are you, how are you being okay? How are you getting out of bed and and moving through all of this? And I don't really know. I was learning things and implementing them and just figuring stuff out, but it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which completely changed my health, my life, my family, my business, all of it. Wow. Wow. So I first want to say you are so not alone in this that the the subject of betrayal is vast and mm-hmm. ubiquitous i mean i don't know anyone who goes through life and hasn't experienced some form of betrayal maybe different you know mm-hmm. shades of of gray if you will um so i think everybody's going to be able to relate to this and plug right in. Mm -hmm. And I'm so eager. You can't leave us hanging when you talk about these three discoveries. So fill us in. What, what did you discover? Yeah, this was, um, and, and when I talk about betrayal, I'm not necessarily saying with a partner, this could be a family member. It could be your best friend. It could be someone in a position of authority. You know, it's anywhere where there was the breaking of that spoken or unspoken rule. It could be self. There's a really big link between betrayal and self-betrayal. So it's it's huge. It's huge. So the three discoveries. The first was, you know, I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease. But betrayal felt very different for me. I didn't want to assume. So I said, and originally I was studying post-traumatic growth, which is sort of like the upside of trauma. How that trauma, regardless of what it is, uh, disease, devastation of some kind, death of a loved one, whatever, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective that you didn't have beforehand. And I was like, but I've been through some stuff and this feels different. I didn't want to assume. So I asked all of my study participants and I said, if you've been through traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Hands down, unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it feels so different. So it needed its own term which is now called post-betrayal transformation. But here's why. Yes, after betrayal, you have the opportunity to have that new insight, perspective, awareness. But the difference is because betrayal feels so intentional, we Mm. take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, confidence, belonging, worthiness, trust, they're all shattered. So When you rebuild the self, you create an entirely new version of you that didn't exist before. So if I had to give you an equation, it would be post-traumatic growth plus rebuilding the self equals post-betrayal transformation. So that's the unique state of complete and total healing after betrayal. So that was the first discovery. The second one was that there, you know, while we can stay stuck, for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do. If we're going to fully heal, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is now we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Now, why is that exciting? Because now healing from betrayal is predictable. Mm. When, when my study chair, I'll never forget, she, I handed my research over and she said, Debbie, I believe you've discovered a process here in like the geekiest way. <laughs> I, I was so excited because here's something that is, I believe, one of the most painful of the human experiences. Yeah. And the idea that now we know, okay, this is where I am and this is what I have to do to get to the next stage. <sighs> okay, I can do that. Yeah. So, and, and I'm happy to share the stages a little bit later if you like. Yeah. The third, the third discovery was there's actually a collection of physical, mental, and emotional symptoms so common to betrayal. It's known now as post-betrayal syndrome. And we've had over 8,800 people at this point take Mm. our post-betrayal syndrome quiz in the last year and a half Mm. to see to what extent they're struggling. 
Every age is represented, just about every country. There's a question that reads, is there anything else you'd like to share? And I'm sure, and I'm, I want to talk about this because we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. Because there's a question that says, is, is there anything else you'd like to share? I read every single one. And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I could still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. It feels like it happened yesterday. So betrayal is one of those things that we only heal, fully heal, when we face it, feel it, heal it. Time does not heal it. And I can also share how we know there's an unhealed betrayal, how it shows up in your work, in your health, in your relationships. Let me know if you want me to dive into that. I'm happy to. Oh my goodness. There's so many places we could dive into. But first of all, I just want to pause on that beautiful statement, face it, feel it, heal it. Mm-hmm. I don't know of another way around. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You got to face it. You got to feel it in order to heal it. I just love that. And so whichever direction you want to go in, because I really want to go into those five stages. Mm -hmm. So I think that people can identify where they might be Mm -hmm. and identify what stage they're in or maybe stuck in. Yeah. And, and I'll give you the scenarios of the of where I typically see it, because that's going to open up everybody's eyes to think, oh, my gosh, that's how I'm walking around. Yes. And then when I dive into the stages, they'll know exactly where they are. Perfect. So we see this in health, work and relationships. And everybody see if you can find yourself in these in, in any of these scenarios in relationships. I see it in two places. I see it when we have repeat betrayals. The faces change, but it's the same thing. You go from job to job and it's the same boss from one to the next. Friend to friend, same friendship from one to the next. Partner to partner, it's the same thing from one to the next. And people say to me all the time, is it me? Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And it's you because you have yet yet to learn the profound lesson Mm. that betrayal is there to teach. Maybe the lesson is that you are lovable, worthy, deserving. Maybe the lesson is you need better boundaries in place. And you keep getting opportunities to learn that. And until you get the mother of all betrayals where you say, oh my gosh, you know what? Oh, I get it. I am am never tolerating this and that. I now am going to do this. Lesson learned. Beautiful. So when it's a repeat betrayal, I know it's unhealed. The second thing is, it's when you see these people all the time. They put the big wall up. They're like, nope, been there, done that, not going down that road again. Not going there is too painful. And I get it, right? There's a tremendous amount of pain. Now they think that's coming from a healed place. No, it's not. It's coming from an unhealed place because that has yet to be healed. Because think about it. Life is meant to be filled with these deep, loving relationships with a sense of connection and intimacy. If we can't have that because we haven't healed from our last experience, it's like half a life. Right. And again, we're trying to protect ourselves, but we're keeping out, you know, yes, we're keeping out the bad guys, but we're keeping out the good guys too. So that's how I see it in relationships. So if you, if you have repeat betrayals, it's unhealed. If the big wall is up, it's unhealed. Now that's not to say some people are just in this wonderful space of, you know, I'm really good. I I don't want a partner. I am so fulfilled and happy. I am good. If they're truly, check the intention there. If they're truly coming from that space, that's one thing. Not talking about that. I'm talking about the person who's like, nope, mm, 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 not not, doing that again. Not doing that, not willing to be hurt again. We also see it in health. And I'm sure you see this in your community where people go from doctor to the the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. And at the root of it can very likely be an unhealed betrayal. And then we also see it at work. And, And these are some easy places you can see it where someone wants to ask for that raise or promotion. They deserve it, but their confidence was shattered because of the betrayal. So they don't have the confidence to ask and they're bitter and resentful instead. And that's the energy they bring to work every day. Or they they uh, want to be a team player or they want to do that collaborative project with someone, right? A joint venture, whatever it is. Uh, but they're, they're afraid. The person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How can they trust someone they barely know? You see? So that's how you know if uh, if the, you know you, you, you haven't healed. Um, 
yeah, anything before I dive into the five stages? Any? I think that's perfect. The okay. description, it, it sounds right on. Um, I'm just making some notes as we go. So please continue. I'll let you know if I have. Sure. Time. Okay. So here are the five stages. So now hopefully everybody has a sense of, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> right? Yeah, or, totally. Here are the five stages. And um, the first one is like a setup stage. And, and this is what I saw with every single study participant, me too. If you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being. Well, it's in the feeling and being, that's where our intuition lies. And we turn that down, you know? So that's not to say if you're busy, it's a setup for betrayal. It's just what I consistently saw, especially with women. We are so good at getting stuff done. And the only way it's like humanly possible is to turn down the feeling and being piece so we can be almost machine-like and get things done. But it's it's not without a price. So stage two, this is by far the scariest stage. And this is when we're blindsided. This is D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So here, here's where you just learn the most painful thing you've ever heard, seen, felt, anything. And you've ignited the stress response. So now you're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind, you you can't understand this. This makes no sense. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules. This is how it works. Don't go there. These people are safe. And in a moment, everything you've known to be real and true is no longer. And a new worldview hasn't been constructed yet. So your world has just absolutely been shattered right there. The bottom has bottomed out on you. It's terrifying. And that's stage two. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, you know, and what would you do? You would do whatever you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical stage. If you can't help me get out of my way, how will I survive this experience? What do I do? Who can I trust? Where do I go? But here's the catch. Because stage three feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you've been, here we get to stage three and we're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. Oh, look, I can do this. I can do this. And then we think, that's as good as it gets. And we stop. We haven't even undergone transformation that happens in stages four and stage five. And here's what happens. The longer you're in stage three, the harder it is to leave. And I bet you there's a tremendous amount of people watching, listening right now who have been in this space for a very long time. And here's what happens. When you're here, you start getting these small self benefits from being here. You get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get a lot of sympathy from other people. Yeah. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Do I trust you? Do I trust you? Ah, Forget it. I won't trust anybody. Right. And then you're also here, the longer you're here now you start thinking, well, maybe I'm not all that. Maybe I'm not that great. Maybe I deserved it. Maybe, maybe, right? And now, like energy attracts like energy. So you're calling circumstances and people and situations to you to confirm this is where you belong. It gets even worse. Don't worry, I'll get you out of there. But it gets it gets it gets one level worse. And this is actually what my first TEDx was about. When you're here, it is so painful. It's so uncomfortable, but you just don't know a way out of it. So here's where we use things like food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, anything to avoid facing and feeling what is challenging to face and feel, right? So now this is like a, this is a, a, a like a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. 
We're not feeling good about where we are. So we numb and we avoid. And now we're here for a long time. And this has become a way of life. So now think about it. Now on top of your betrayal that could have happened decades ago. 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. That person doesn't know, care, or even remember. Or isn't even alive. Isn't even. Exactly. Right. They're long gone. You have lived your life paying the price, punishing yourself. And now as if the scenario that happened years ago wasn't bad enough. Now you're punishing yourself every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year, as if that's going to get you out of it. And and then think about it, just even using those things like the food, let's just take food. So now you're not happy with your weight because you're emotionally eating. And then you're berating yourself about your behavior, which is the best setup for another binge, right? I mean, that's just one thing right there. And then our health starts taking a nosedive. And, but all of this, think about it. All of this has to do with that betrayal that happened years ago. You see, so we get very stuck. If you're willing, willingness is one of the biggest words right here. If you are willing to let go of all the benefits you are receiving in that stage three, you grieve, you mourn. I mean, there are some things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you recognize my old normal doesn't exist. It's no longer an option. And you, you start creating a new version of you and a new life based on where you are now. And I always liken this to if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff isn't there. You know, it's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. When you're in this space, you're turning the stress response down a little bit. You're not physically healing just yet, but you're not creating the massive damage you were causing in stages two and stages three. Here's what I found so interesting about this stage as well. Think about it. If you were to move, you don't necessarily take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent the version of you that you want to be in that new space. Here's where I saw big changes in friendships. If your friends weren't there for you, you've outgrown them right here. You don't take them with you. Or if they were indulging in low energy gossip or whatever it is, you've outgrown them. So people ask me, Debbie, what the heck? I've been friends with you know, these people for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. <laughs> it, you're undergoing a transformation and you've simply, you are outgrowing them. That's just what happens. And I could talk about that even more. If you stay in this space, you're making it okay. You're getting used to this new normal. You can move into stage five and this most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Your body starts to heal. You, you know, now you're interested in eating well, in exercise, self-love, self-care. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind, you're making new boundaries, new rules based on who you're becoming. And you, you're creating a new worldview based on where you've been. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was only the physical and the mental. Now we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Oh, it's just beautiful. I mean, each one of these questions and your answers is a, is a complete education unto itself. One of the things that I feel like, and in reading your work and listening to you is that the place that you share that people get stuck and where I think many people can resonate because they might be able to see themselves in this, is that you have some questions that you invite people to ask themselves. And this is where I really want people to get a pen out, get a journal, get a piece of paper, take some notes. And Debbie, why don't you lead us through those questions to see if you might be at step three, and then you're going to help us get out of this. But absolutely, we've got to get clarity around where we are because awareness is paramount. You're absolutely right. So I invite everybody to write these down. That's my way of saying write these down. So the first question is, am I numbing and distracting? If so, how? Be honest with yourself. When you Do you walk into the kitchen and you reach into the cabinets? You're not the least bit hungry. You're stuffing yourself to stuff the pain. Call yourself on it. Do you go into a room and the, the first thing you do is put the TV on because you are desperately trying to drown out the sound of your own thoughts? What are you doing, right? 
The second question, what am I pretending not to see? Yeah. Am I pretending not to see my relationship is in trouble? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? Call yourself on it. The third question, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I do nothing? Play it out. Play it full out. Take that relationship issue, five to 10 years, do nothing. What's that going to look like? Play out that health issue. Ignore it, five to 10 years. What's that going to look like, right? Play out that work issue, five to 10 years. What's that going to look like? And the fourth question, what can life look like if I change now? And I'm not saying that that's easy. Transformation happens and begins when you tell yourself the truth. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. I love that you have these sayings that transformation begins when you tell yourself the truth. Who are you fooling? Only yourself. Only right? so uncomfortable and we're in so much pain. We try to outrun it. We just try to outrun it, mm. but we can't. Yeah. We, it's impossible. It follows us around like a shadow. Mm. But because it's so uncomfortable, you know, here's the thing too. There were three groups in the study who did not heal. And, you know, as a researcher, you're not supposed to have any sort of bias or whatever. I was new to this, doing the best I could. But I assumed, you're not supposed to assume anything, but I just assumed the people who were the hardest hit would grow the least because they had the most to overcome. Makes sense. That had nothing to do with their healing at all. Nothing. In fact, one group who didn't heal was a group who simply refused to accept their betrayal. They just weren't accepting it. They were like, they were stuck in that stage three, would not accept it. They, were, they weren't moving. The second group was the group that was numbing, avoiding, distracting. And yes, it may have made the day a bit easier to get through, but they didn't heal. They ran to their doctors to put them on mood stabilizers, anti-anxiety meds, or they drank or they ate or whatever, but it stayed with them. Then there was a third group too. This was the group where the, um, the betrayer had no consequences. Now, whether it was for religious reasons, not uh, financial fears, fear in general, not wanting to break up a family, whatever it was, they tried to turn the other cheek, put it behind them. Uh, Not only did I not see, the only thing I did see was a further deterioration of the relationship. And that group by far, hands down, was the most physically sick. Mm. Your broken heart can't handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. And you've mentioned a few things in here that I just want to dig into because if we identify as somebody who's stuck and numbing and turning on the TV or the radio or drinking or whatever we're doing to not get quiet, not get still and listen to that intuition, you mentioned that the key really here is willingness, a willingness to go through. And something that I you know, come up against a lot in this whole concept of autoimmune reversal. Change is hard. You know, people don't want to go through it unless they are really at rock bottom. And that's when people are willing to make some changes. So how can we amp up willingness or how can we stack the deck in our favor? Once we've identified, I am stuck. I am clear Mm -hmm. that I'm stuck at stage three. What can we do to free ourselves up and get into that. I love how you call it a cozy phase of accepting that this is the way things are now, which sounds like, okay, it's a little bit of a stress reducing to just Mm -hmm. come to some acknowledgement. You know, and, and here's the thing. You're right. We can stay stuck, tragically stuck in that space for so long. And that's why sometimes I'll say the gift in betrayal and people think I am full-blown crazy. The gift is everything's been shattered. Everything you've known to be real and true has been shattered, which is the most beautiful incentive for doing something with it here. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a little, uh, a little diagram here with my hands and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It. Imagine this is a pendulum. Most people like to be right here. Not so good, not so bad, kind of right under the radar. Don't notice me. I'm just living my life, right? And then this is what happens when we've experienced trauma. And for our discussion, let's say betrayal. And it sends you like this all the way over here. This isn't the problem. The problem isn't that you find yourself here. 
The problem is that you stay here. The problem is that you plant roots here. The problem is that you think this is where you belong. No, here's where you come up with your plan. Here's where you lick your wounds, right? Here's where you have all the incentive and motivation you need to do this swing to greatness. You know, when you think about it, no one who's done anything truly memorable, right? Thought leaders of our time, they're not teaching you anything from this. Mm -mm. And they're in way too much pain to teach you from here. Although beautiful love songs come out of this space, right? You know, (laughs) they've done this and that's what they're teaching us how to do. So, so many people, if you're right here, I invite you to stop the numbing and avoiding and see what shows up. It may send you right here, but that's Mm -hmm. the gift because now you're ready for that full swing. Oh, right. Because I love that. I love that. That's the beauty of it. And I, I feel like I'm interrupting you, but I'm so excited to ask this because you painted this mental picture that you do so beautifully. I love your metaphors and your descriptions. And this reminds me of that description that you use to describe the difference between resilience and post-betrayal transformation. Because I talk about bouncing back better. And Mm -hmm. that's the equivalent of taking that pendulum and allowing it to come all the way over here. Because when people are healing from autoimmune, I'm not inviting people to get back to where they were. It's an opportunity to rebuild your life better than before. And that is the gift. So take it away. Tell us that. Absolutely. And I love that you said that because who wants to hang out here? What is this? We're not supposed to be living here. Right. And I have another, uh, I call it a wellness meter. If you remind me, I'll share that too. Okay. Okay. But let's talk about the house. And I talk about this in the second TEDx. Do you have post-betrayal syndrome syndrome? And, and here's the, here's the difference between resilience and transformation resilience you need for your everyday bouncing back, restoring, bringing back to worthy goal. Transformation is a whole different thing. So let's just take an analogy of a house. Let's say your house needs a new boiler and you get that boiler. That would be resilience. Let's say it needs a new roof. You get a roof. That would be resilience. You're bringing it back. You're restoring. Here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by and levels your house. A new boiler is not, you know, a new boiler is not going to fix it and a new roof's not going to fix it. And you could put both of those things, try to put them on. It won't matter. It won't fix it. Now, you do have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, this is the most tragic, awful, horrible thing that's ever happened. And you'd be totally correct. And you could call over everybody, you know, and say, look, isn't this the worst thing you've ever seen? And everybody would be in complete and total agreement. And if you want to, you can mourn the loss of your house until your last breath. However, should you choose to rebuild the house, you don't have to, but if you choose to, there's nothing there. Why would you build the same one, right? Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? Make it bigger, better, more beautiful. Mm. That's what happens. Rebuilding is always a choice. You know, whether you rebuild yourself and move on, that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild. Or if you, if the situation lends itself, if you want to, if you're willing, you rebuild an entirely new relationship with the person who hurt you. Yeah. And that's what I did with my husband. We <sighs> married each other again as two totally different people. But that's the opportunity to rebuild the, this rock solid version of you that you never would have had access to had you not experienced that trauma. Mm. That's the gift. I just love it. And I talk frequently about how the secret to getting better faster, transforming, let's get out the getting better, transforming is seeing the gift as fast as you can. When you're up here and the pendulum has sent you all the way up, whether it's a betrayal from a relationship, mm-hmm. your body is betraying you with autoimmune mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. family, whatever it is, you're up here. Maybe, maybe this is happening for you and not happening to you. 
And then the opportunity is to come all the way over here. And that that's where the willingness is so important because you have every right to be angry, yeah. right? And to, and to, and to just be so upset about the injustice of it all. That injustice will eat you up alive. I get and it. I, yes. And I talk about this a lot and we've been studying forgiveness and you know, cancer, integrative cancer doctors know when they say that the issues are in the tissues Mm -hmm. because they don't go away. And it doesn't matter about the other person, the perpetrator, the person that hurt you, you know, where you got your childhood trauma. They're not even alive. They're not even in the story, but Mm -hmm. forgiveness is all about freeing up the real estate for you. It's Mm -hmm. about forgiving for you. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with forgiveness because it makes no logical sense. You know, think about it. This person did something so harmful, so hateful, so awful. And forgiveness says, yes, and forgive anyway, because it, it isn't about them. It's about it's about you. But to the logical mind. Right. This makes no, no, no. sense. But when you realize you withholding forgiveness it, what's that saying? Drinking poison and hoping the other hoping person the other dies. dies. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. Yeah. But I also want to, uh, because forgiveness is huge. A, a, a few things. When you forgive too early, it backfires every single time. Mm. There's a there's a, a point in our process at the PBT Institute where we know forgiveness can work. Early on, there's too much anger, too much resentment. And when you do it, for it's like, well, I just want this over with already. Fine, I forgive. No, you're not ready. And and there's a certain there's a certain timeline. That's one thing. The other thing is, so many of us, I know I thought this. I thought it's like this one big grand ta-da, forgive. You know, right. this done. one big no, it doesn't work like that. It's layers and stages. And when it's you know in the process, it could be like I forgive, but I take it back, and I forgive, but I take it back. You'll know when it's real you know, and then you may even have those opportunities to test it. I know I, I wrote about it in the new book, Trust Again, with my family and with my husband, two very different experiences. Uh, but forgiveness is so powerful and will set you free. Mm. I just love that. So you mentioned a wellness meter, and I want to take mm-hmm. you back there before I forget to ask. Yeah. But so I don't know if this is a, a, a meter, whatever, but I just imagine this one time. Imagine this represents a hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. I see people striving for fifty percent, and what it looks like is this: Well, if I'm off medication, I guess it's okay. If I have a place to go Monday morning, I guess it's all right. If my partner comes home at the end of the day, I guess it's okay. If my kids aren't in trouble, it's okay. If I can button my pants, it's okay. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? What about this? <laughs> what about Living in a lean, fit, healthy body filled with energy and vitality. What about uh, you know using your your message to share with other people? What about living full out with passion and purpose? Like, what the heck are we doing striving for this? And this is what happens. And yeah. that's the equivalent of that pendulum right here. Nobody belongs right here at fifty. Nobody. Every single person has a unique strength, gift, talent, calling. There's something that you do that no one on the planet does like you. There is something waiting to be birthed. And if it's under layers of fear, doubt, insecurity that you piled on yourself or other people helped pile on, it's your job to start working through that. You don't belong here at this 50%. There's all of this that you have just the same access to as this. And and here's the thing, you like you, like me, we're not doing anything that other people can't do. We've just taken what broke us, we're never broken, bent, you know what I mean? Right. And we've we've done something powerful with it. Everybody has the same access to that. Yeah. That's beautiful and I think part of why we do this is to give people that inspiration, motivation, confidence to do it. And oh, by the way, confidence doesn't happen first and then you do it. It's the other way around. You start doing it and then you get confidence. And that is an invitation. There, there is so much and so many different directions. And one area that I definitely want to get into because it is so powerful. You have access to research from about 8,800 people now. Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. I would love for you to give us a snapshot on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual side of where people are self-identifying in their betrayal process. Yeah. It's interesting that you say spiritual too, because this was something else that that the study revealed. There was a point in time where everybody, either if they were religious, they moved towards the spiritual side of their religion. Some abandoned religion completely. Some moved towards spirituality. And I was what and I that was the case with me. I became I was I was spiritual for a bunch of years and I was wondering why. Actually two reasons. One is you are desperately in search for connection. Mm-hmm. Your bottom has bottomed out. You need a sense of connection and safety. Trust. The second well that's the other reason, yeah, because you don't trust your betrayer and you don't trust yourself. You're like, I'm a bright person. How did I not see? How did I not know? So we venture, well, at least I can trust in something bigger than me. So there was a real lean towards spirituality, or like I said, the spiritual part of your religion. To answer your question, though, actually, every few months, I pull some of the stats from uh, from the quiz. And I, I have some. So I'd love to share them with mm. you because it's mind-blowing. when you it do this. And I just pulled some. So now this is out of 8,700, 8,800 people who've taken the quiz. constantly revisit their experience. So just think about how anxiety provoking that is right there. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. Living in a state of hypervigilance alone is exhausting. Yes. 94% deal with painful triggers. And PTSD is not just reserved for war vets. I'll tell you right now, it is very real in the betrayal community. And there can be a trigger that you see, that you feel, that you hear about, that you experience, and you are right back there during that painful time. So it's very real. Um, 64% say they struggle emotionally. Here are some physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% struggle with their sleep. 63% have extreme fatigue, 47% weight changes, 45% digestive issues. Mm. Now I found the digestive issues so interesting because think about it. What does the digestive system do? It absorbs, digests, and processes food. Well, isn't a betrayal difficult to absorb, digest, and process? Is it any wonder why the gut would be acting up? And also because, you know, we're suppressing the immune system, which is largely in the gut. Like, is it any wonder stuff is happening? And may I add one thing to that, that I I found personally when I read that um, autoimmunity is about the gut breakdown. It's when we lose those barriers Mm -hmm. to not be able to distinguish self from non-self. And we are overreacting to all of those things that are getting into our system where they shouldn't belong, mm-hmm. right? So no wonder that these betrayals are affecting the health of our gut. Of course, absolutely. So that's just physical. Now add some mental issues. 78% are overwhelmed, 70% disbelief, 68% unable to focus. And like, how are you supposed to work during, you know, do, do what you're supposed to do. 64% are in shock and 62% are unable to concentrate. So just mix your lack of ability to sleep, a gut issue and, you know, and this anxiety, right? Now here's the, here's the emotional. 88% sadness, 83% anger. You just mix those two together and, and it's, it's crazy. 82% feel hurt. anxiety, 79 are stressed. And then this is the reason why I wrote the book, Trust Again. Ready? 84% have an inability to trust. 67% are preventing themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. And 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Mm. 90%. Yep. Staggering universal, staggering, and so enormously hopeful, the work that you are doing, because you're giving people a path to freedom. You, you're, you've laid out the steps and you're inviting them, come along here. I have defined, there are five stages and everyone goes through them. No matter when the betrayal happened, you can't get around the stages. You got to go through them. They don't, the stages don't change order. 
you can't leave them out. You sort of outgrow one as you move into the next, Mm -hmm. but most people get stuck in that stage three. Yeah. So I actually think it would be willing, helpful to, to run through what those are again, just as a recap. Let me try. Mm -hmm. The first stage is mental and emotional. And this is where people tend to get stuck. Mostly women who focus on doing, doing, doing and busyness all the time, taking care of other people, suppressing our own needs. That's the setup for autoimmunity right there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Often coming from unworthiness that happens in early childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, the setup for the overwork and so forth. Mm -hmm. Then along comes the breakdown the betrayal, the absolute devastation where you're blindsided mm-hmm. and you can stay there and get stuck in that. And that would be called the survival mode where maybe you're just surrounding yourself with people that are agreeing with you, keeping you in that stuck place, mm-hmm. right? Um, where you start to grab onto some not so healthy coping skills. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's alcohol, you're numbing with food, television, whatever you're doing, you're stuck there. And Mm -hmm. it feels good. It feels good because the payoff is I'm right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's all you get. You don't get the, the true healing. You don't get the true freedom. You don't get to, to have a better story. You don't get to be the role model. You don't get to be the hero or the heroine of your story. You don't get those new opportunities, but yes, you have your story. And you could stay very lonely in this place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless you begin to have a willingness to embrace this new normal. You're not saying this didn't happen. You're acknowledging that it happened, Mm -hmm. but you know what? It's time to move on with your life and what you say, get cozy in this new environment that you get to create. And I forget if there's another Um, thing that you want to add to that before stage five, which is where transformation, healing, rebirth, and a new new worldview come out. Is there anything Mm -hmm. in that new normal about building that new house when your house has been leveled Mm -hmm. that you want to add to that? There's so much more to add to it. I mean, it's, you're recreating this this new identity, this new version of you. So it's new boundaries. It's very often new friendships. It's new rules. It's a new, you're, you're creating a new identity. You're keeping what you like about the old, uh, but nothing else is coming with you. There you go. Nothing else is coming with you. This is that you are in a position where you are absolutely recreating yourself. And, and, you know, uh, you know, I've been at this a long time. I've been, I've had my own business since 91, worked with thousands of people. And I remember this from back in the health days and the weight loss days. If someone's identity is so wrapped up in their disease or their weight or whatever, it's going nowhere. Because we never want to be without an identity. So if this is this is who I am, it, it's like this, you know, and I'm sure maybe there are a lot of people watching this who this is their experience. They, they're divorced. Let's say they're divorced. I'm divorced, I'm divorced, I'm divorced, I'm divorced. Like, at what point are you single? <laughs> right? Great. Yeah, it's just, it's a change of, it's just a word, one word. Yeah. What, Transformation is, of thinking. But you, do you feel how different? It feels totally so, and that's what happens. Yes, you divorce, you divorce. That's the equivalent of staring at the lot, and you need to do that. You need to ruminate to make some sense out of it. Difference between ruminating and marinating. You want to make some sense and and eventually meaning out of it, but stay there too long. You're planting some deep roots there. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, and then the opportunity, the pendulum swings all the way over here. You are reborn, renewed, new you, better than before. Debbie, this has been fantastic. I love this conversation. And I really am excited for people to take the quiz. So let's tell them where to find that. It's at the PBT, Post Trail Transformation. Yep. Institute. Say it again. Say the whole thing. The PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the PBT institute.com forward slash quiz. I love it. I love it. This is, this is so powerful. What an invitation and opportunity and 
just gift that you have given the world with your work, your book, this interview, all of the wonderful talks that you're giving. I just, I'm so lit up by it because it's so important and universal. People need this. Well, we have people all over the world within our community, the the PBT Institute, where this is based on everything those 87, 8,800 people said they need based on what the study proved we need, the support. And it's a totally private community, not on uh, Facebook or anything. And we have the programs. People could just Mm -hmm. 24 seven move through the programs. We have coaches certified, my certified coaches teaching daily classes, live classes, and they're each, they're all certified, but they also specialize in their own thing. So we have coaches who are certified in trauma, some certified in narcissism, you know, that's their specialty, some in reconciliation, some in eating psychology, you know, so they're teaching these daily classes, master classes from these curated experts. I know you're coming in and you'll be doing one. I'm in there a couple times a week doing these open Q and A's and it's just, there's no place like it. So it's a, it's a, you know, a full service space to heal physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually from betrayal. You have created the space. You have gone from pain to purpose and serving in a huge way. And I'm honored to be a part of your community, Debbie, and a friend. So thank you so much for being with us today. This has just been fantastic. And thank I look you, my friend. To, look forward to the next time. Thank you. Take care. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com. And watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.